Hi, Boogie. What's up? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. Why? So nervous. Uh, I don't know. We're about to, I don't know, go down a journey. Did you finish your Taco Bell order? I did. I'm ready to place it. <laughs> it's very apropos for today because we're taking the name of our podcast literally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about the flesh. Specifically, Uh-oh. we're talking about fatness. Sorry, I feel like that got dark, but we're talking about I think the flesh, which is dark. And- oh, okay. I thought you were trying to say that fat is dark, and I, I was about to be like, fat is not a slur, but you're talking <laughs> about the flesh, the flesh part. The flesh part, it, I feel like, is, took us it, morbid. It, 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 it does get a little, like, you know, I like Halloween bloody. just passed, yeah. so yeah. like, right. I don't know. Sorry, that didn't land well. It's fine. Hey there, listeners. Welcome back. Sorry about the snafu with releasing October's episode late. Technology. Ugh, am I right? Well, to make it up to y'all, we're giving you a special treat in November. Well, two treats. For November, we're discussing fat phobia. And there was so much to discuss, we decided to release it in two parts. Check back during fourth Thursday day to check out part two. Alright, let's listen in. Okay, so we're talking about fatness versus fitness. Okay, so tell me, have you ever felt like you were being judged because of your weight? Absolutely, all the time. Tell me more, what? I'm shocked by this. Yeah. I know you can't see my brother, but he's, you know, to me, very average weight. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm shocked, so I need need to know more. Well, yeah. Uh, If you're comfortable sharing. No, for sure I am. Okay. The the original question, sorry. Okay. Have you ever felt like you were being judged because of your weight? One specific time. Sticks out in my mind. So during my doc program, I was, um, you know, I was I was working out like, like ritualistically. Like mm. I was doing it, but I and I had gained weight, and I didn't understand why, and I could not lose any weight. Mm. That was wild, and it was to the point where I think. The, my partner had brought it up mm. and I had felt like self-conscious about it, mm-hmm. which made me work out, I think a little bit more, but mostly just resent him a little bit because <laughs> I'm like, we're going through tough times and he didn't put things very sensitively. Ooh. But then it wasn't that I wore a crop top mm. to a party of friends and um, someone like, I think like was like, oh, like poked me like uh, oh, Pillsbury Doughboy, no. and was like, and was like, chubby or said something, and I just felt so bad, and so I started taking selfies to send as thirst traps to raise self esteem, and so I think like yeah, it has definitely it has I have thought about it I think specifically as a black queer person that oftentimes gets perceived and presents as man like there's like this idea of like how my body's supposed to look in relation to uh, sexuality and desire and all these things that I feel like and somewhat I feel less like I have to keep up with that um what people might perceive me as but I do think having been an athlete and seeing what my body can be Mm. I do have ideas of how I want my body to look. But do you think your weight is amplified because of your sexuality? Like, do you think you would care as much about your weight if you were cis, you know? Cis, uh, uh, hetero, cis hetero. hetero. Yep. Girl, absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. <laughs> and dating a woman? Am I a man in this situation? You dating are. You're cis and a man. There's a... Like, dad bods are in be, because y'all... Because women be choosing people with dad bods. I mean... I mean, I think they're in because, like, men are attracted to them, too. Like, like let me not mm. get it twisted. However, however, like, there's a bunch of pictures of, like, Banging women. You remember your one friend. This makes me think of your one friend. Who? Who? I won't remember her name. She's and her husband was blonde. She's beautiful. Well, there's there are friends. And, yeah, I know who you're talking and about. And he is, but he didn't have a dad bod. He's mediocre. He. My point is, <laughs> my point is, I think. There's a different standard. Like there's there's this thing in the uh, queer community, gay community specifically, where it's like, is he fat or is he gay fat? <laughs> okay, what is gay? Like fat gay mean? fat is like average, uh, I think, right? Interesting. Like doesn't have abs. Got it. Right. Because that's the standard. The standard is abs. Yeah, I have. Yeah. So there's a whole. There's so, a whole spectrum. Of exactly. Fatness. Fatness for sure. Interesting. Yeah. So tell me, are you happy with your weight right now? No. Why not? That was an easy, quick answer. <laughs> uh, I would say I'm growing more happy with it because the way aesthetically I look, like I don't, at this point, I'm 31. Mm. I don't care about performance or getting stronger. I don't want to be the person that lifts the most in the gym. I could care less. I'm all about aesthetics. <laughs> if I If I could just... Bench one time a week mm-hmm. and aesthetically be popping, baby. I'd do that. <laughs> I'm not trying to get strong anymore. I don't need to fight. Like, who am I? No, I don't. Performance, I really don't care about. So I'm all aesthetic. So when it comes to my weight, mm-hmm. I don't really like. That's why I think I stopped new. It's because aesthetically, I looked. You were fine. I looked. You were I like, like I fine. Don't need to I do said, I don't need to get to this number because aesthetically, this is what I kind of want. Um, so yeah, so I look at myself and I, I can see some like aesthetics that I really enjoy that are there and I see some that aren't there. And so that (laughs) makes me think like I need to get the number lower and get there. Have you ever been happy with your weight? Like, has there ever been a time where you're thinking, my weight's good. I look good. It's fine. Everything's fine. Probably yes, but that wasn't the first thing on my mind. And I'll share. There are two times, especially when I look back, there are two times where I'm like, my percentage of body fat had to be like 4%. <laughs> and it was one time when I was in between my master's and my doctorate. So after I was playing rugby, not during rugby, they were never when I was competing for sports like on a high level. Mm. So after rugby, uh, master's program, and then in the beginning when I first started at Florida. But you know what was also happening? What? Girl, I was so poor I couldn't afford to eat. So you were just on the starvation so, diet. Yes. The high vibration plates. Honestly, I was just starving. I was just starving. And that doesn't sound good. But I'm just when I look, I was like, wow, because you know what it is for me aesthetically, I'm really in the legs. Mm. And you know, genetically, I feel like those aren't it for me. So it takes a lot for my quads to pop. Mm, that's shocking to me. And takes like you feel low, and takes like low. I need to have low body fat for you it to really be present. Mm. Um, and so I think like for me, it was mostly about that. 
Uh, like, and I was like, oh, I finally had quad definition. Yeah, you did when you played rugby for sure. I remember seeing no, pictures of you. No, 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 no. In the- Honestly, when I see pictures of me in rugby, like my legs look thick, but they're not defined. Oh. It, it's post when I was in between graduate assistant positions and, uh-huh. not, and eating really hot sauce hungry. packets. <laughs> Girl. Cause they they hire you, but they don't pay you a month la- until a month later. They so don't how, pay you a how, living wage. How you gotta feed yourself? <laughs> That's what they don't teach you about grad school. There's a month where you have to fend for yourself and figure out. Hopefully, you ha- can borrow money from aunts, uncles, and people. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. That's okay. I love I love all the stories because I don't think I knew that you sustained yourself on hot sauce packets. I was living hot sauce in your bag. Swag is a whole nother level. I I paid with that for that security deposit, but I was living on an air mattress that first (laughs) month of grad school as my doctorate for sure. I feel you. Okay. Okay. So now the question of the day: Do you think, yeah, Doctor Nevin heard that you can be fit and fat at the same time? Oh, absolutely. Tell me for sure. I know. I know a lot of fit fat people. Say more about that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people that you know. Uh, when I think about fitness, I think about a couple of things, I guess. I think behaviors, mm. um, and I think, uh, choices and I think, um, uh, mo- I guess mostly like behaviors and mindset. Right. Mm. And okay. so, uh, I have a couple of friends who they are fat. They might go to the gym several days a week. They're also in therapy, focused on their mental health and wellness. Mm. They might engage in yoga. They're extremely flexible. That's that's for me. Um, like I am inflexible at all. So anytime I see a flexible person, <laughs> and so when I see them doing uh, freaking uh, splits with their bellies popping over, <laughs> I'm like, I wish. I, I just wish that for me. But like, right? And so they have all these things. But I know, like, they're like technically for BMI standards or other people's standards they'd be considered to be obese mm. or just fat. like, or, or they themselves consider themselves to be a fat person yeah. and describe themselves in that way. Yeah, I think, you know, it's an interesting concept. And I would think that there would be people on the other side of the spectrum that disagree with you. Yeah. That you can't be fit and fat at the same time. But there have been several actual research studies that have shown that the answer to this is yes. So ding, 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 you were correct. Of course I was. Wait, can I also ask you a question? Okay. Well, maybe we'll talk about this, but like, I'm curious at like, what is fat? Mm. You know, what's considered fat? Because I know like the BMI has been considered not great or also um, based on a white standard. Surprise, Mm -hmm. surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because right, like in my life, I have identified as a fat person, like in quiet to myself. Y'all, (laughs) y'all, let me just tell you, the mind plays that. (laughs) Crazy tricks yeah. on people. I will definitely say I have body image issues that I've struggled with because of identity-wise. Yeah. But I probably, I, I should backtrack a little and say that I probably haven't identified myself as a fat person mm-hmm. um, because I don't, I can acknowledge that I have never been fat or and suffered from like the oppression of fat phobia. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely been someone who has struggled with my body image in a way that I feel like I could empathize and connect with mm. fat people on at least the idea of the ones that are trying to get a certain body and for whatever reason, whether that be genetics or stress, because what I forgot to say for PhD, I think it was yeah. a stress, stress yeah. weight. And I didn't realize that. Right. Uh, yeah, I definitely, and I've gotten ridiculed or talked about because of my weight 
right? So there's mm -hmm. some shared experiences that I can recognize and empathize with having not been a, like probably technically ever a fat considered to be fat by society. Mm. But um, so because I'm like, like, at what point, and I'm not here to say like, oh, I was fat. And my experience as a fat person is valid because I felt these things. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I'm saying like, at what point does one become valid in their fatness? Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. So if somebody feels like they're fat, believe them. Is that what you're like? Like, like I, there's I'm, no. That's my like, question. Yeah, it's because, a good question. Because I think this is the conversation that other identity markers are having. Like, yeah. believe them. Like, who do right. we believe? Whatever. And so I think minds are rooted in um, my experience. But I can also say, right, I haven't faced oppression from systems or structures. Like, I think about some of my students. I It, it irked me that they put us in this one, like, lecture hall mm -hmm. with a seat with a desk thing oh it. i hate those and so i had a student who was fat that always had to position themselves in the most awkwardest of ways Way. to, to sit there and i know that, like i've never had to do that i've never yeah. had to contemplate buying two plane tickets or anything like that or yeah. be judged in those ways so i know right like system wise and structure wise I haven't really suffered from that, but I mean, like, I imagine that people, many people have felt um, criticized over their bodies. I would imagine. Totally. So. Yeah, no, totally. I think, I think you're right. I think the research studies more pin fatness to BMI, but as you mm. mentioned, BMI is an imperfect measure. And just as you shared with us earlier, like, I think your identity plays a lot into how you view your body mm. and what's considered acceptable for you, right? As a gay black man versus let's even say like um, a cis hetero white woman, yeah. like what's considered actual fit and actual fatness in those different populations. A lot of the research I think has skewed to like, what does the BMI say? But we know that right. BMIs are standardized for certain racial and ethnic groups. And those are typically white or the dominant majority. So like this study, it was a Dutch study and it showed that like, Older adults that had elevated BMI, so again, we're using BMI as a scale, mm -hmm. and high levels of physical activity actually did not have increased risk of cardiovascular disease, mm. even when it was compared to their lower BMI counterparts. So that means like people that were seen on the traditional medical pathology scale as being overweight or obese, if they worked out, right, if they had higher levels of physical activity, so not necessarily traditional exercises, but moving, mm -hmm. even compared to people that are not seen as obese or overweight, mm. they were considered to be like healthier from a cardiovascular standpoint. Ooh. So they showed that physical activity actually reduced their cardiovascular disease risk, their 10 year cardiovascular disease risk more than having a normal BMI. Mm. So even with a normal BMI, if you're not moving your body, you're at higher risk of having cardiovascular disease mm. versus if you're overweight or obese from traditional BMI standards and you move. Mm. So I thought that was like super interesting. There's an acknowledgement that fitness may be more important than fatness or what people call fatness. Mm. So I thought that was like super interesting. And I think um, that's also very reassuring to, to people um, that are, you know, there's different ways that you can call people. So there's been a renaissance, which we'll talk about later, about like taking and reclaiming back fat, mm. that word fat in and of itself. But other times people will refer to um, people that are have higher BMIs, let's just say, as individuals living in larger bodies or people of size or, you know, so on and so forth. So 
we can we can decide to call um, call the term what we want. I really liked individuals living in larger bodies, mm. but I will say like even my experience, I feel like growing up, I was always like a super tall, like lanky kind of kid. Mm-hmm. And then like puberty, I felt like I got a little bit more muscular and I got boobs and a butt and all these things. Um, And I was like, I never really like thought about my body and Mm. thought about weight at all, even though like I went to an all white, all girl school, which I would say that like weight is a it's a very top of mind right. for um, for that demographic, right? It's like thinking about being thin and thinking about looking a certain way. But I like never really thought about like, how does my body look? I always thought I was fine. Mm. And then I don't think it was until like college and like after college when I felt like I was gaining weight, I was eating out a lot that I really started to like be worried about it. So I feel like I kind of grew up with like, not a a mindset that like I was a fat person. Mm. And so then to turn kind of into somebody who I feel like is a fat person (laughs) is like really difficult, right? Mm. Like not having grown up with any like, you know, either coping skills or discrimination Mm. around being fat doesn't prepare you as an adult to deal with being fat. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. So you consider yourself a fat person? I feel like I have lost weight now, a little bit more now, but I feel like I like very much tiptoe the spectrum of like being like a thick person, which, you know, I would say in the black community, being a thick woman is like celebrated to being a fat woman. And so I feel like I can sway either way. Typically as an adult, I felt like I very much fluctuate in that spectrum. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's difficult because I think a lot of like when I first felt like I was struggling with weight stuff, I didn't want to take any pictures. Like I didn't want to take any like full body pictures. I would hate to see myself in those ways. Um, And I feel like it's only now that I'm like, okay, I'm willing to take a picture. I think I look okay in this this outfit. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it fluctuates. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. Can I ask what are some of the components or factors that you think affects how, how, it, fluctuate, how it fluctuates oh it how it fluctuates or makes it fluctuate like besides like the scale and the number yeah um i think for me it's dress size mm. like what size i'm in like i'm like okay well if i can fit let's say a size 12 for example i'm good yeah but if i'm like marching towards a size 18 that's a problem yeah so it's somewhere like I feel like I somewhere live between twelve and fourteen. I'm like okay, I'm I'm fine, but sixteen to eighteen, I'm like whoa, there's a problem. Well, can I say and thank you for that? Yeah. In the way I guess I meant it, like what other factors? Because I can think of like like environmental or other things. Like for example, mm. if we go to Thanksgiving or you go to see Uncle Frank. Mm. <laughs> right like are those like are, are there other like kind of things or are, when you get surrounded by maybe family who like we have a lot of I, I would say fat women mm. who are black in our family right yeah so identity wise is it like when you get amongst them do you ever feel different about uh your body or like do are, are there kind of those kind of social factors that affect yeah I don't know I feel like um that's a good question. I feel like that's come up in this work is like people feeling the need to comment on body mm, types mm, mm, and especially women's bodies. Mm. Like, and I have always attributed to, oh, that's like, you know, my old black 
grandmother or aunt or whoever it is, right? And like attributing it more to that's how they are and that's who they are versus something's wrong with me. But the comments are like, continue. oh, I'm surprised you wore that. Uh-huh. Wow, you've gained some pounds since I've last seen you. Like stuff like that. And I feel like that's a shared cultural experience. I thought it was just like a black family thing, but I think that is a, it's a shared experience across multiple cultures about the need to comment on somebody's body and specifically women. Um, So I don't think when I'm around other people, I feel a sort of way or when people even comment because it's only family, like no strangers have ever similarly, like nobody has ever said to me like, you're fat or you're this or you're that. It's more that when I look in the mirror, mm-hmm. I'll also give you an example. So like when I, I fly a lot for Yale, mm-hmm. right? And so depending on if the seatbelt is easy to put on mm-hmm. or hard to put on, that that also but, will help to determine they, how I feel about they, myself. Those things come like pre-adjusted. So you, mm-hmm. but, but, it but there are times that I'm like able to put it on and it's easy. Okay. And there are times that I'm like, oh, sucking it in, like trying to, through the seatbelt, I'm like, how does anybody fit in these things? Like ridiculousness, you know. Wow. I remember I was sitting next to a guy, and I was I was falling asleep, and I guess part of my butt fat was on his side, and he was this old dude, and he was like waking me up, like wake up, wake up, wake up, like you're on me, I'm hot, and I'm like, oh my god. So that definitely mm-hmm. was like, oh, yeah, I'm too much, <laughs> too much. It was too so much. It was too much. To just- Love you're like seat. I'm. I was in the middle seat, so I was not happy. Yeah. So there, you know. You don't have that. So I, I, I'm hearing like your idea of image and fatness and body is an internal one that seems to be pretty poorly internal. Internal. And yeah. I, I would just imagine like that's like I think that's great that that it lies with you <laughs> mm. and you get to be the soul. But I'd imagine for a lot of people, there's also a big like external component yeah i think so comments and making them people make them feel fat and then also like well well, because in general like usually for me i I think i'm both internal and external Mm. yeah do the comments get to you oh yeah yeah i feel like no one's bold enough to say something to me except for family and and again Mm. i've categorized them as like that's just what they do that's That's just what they say Like, even if, like, I'm a toothpick, they're going to have something to say about that. Like, they're just going to say something either way. So that's just their issue versus, like, nobody on the street would say anything to me. Like, they wouldn't dare. But, again, right, like, depending on where you're on the speculum or the spectrum, I feel like speculum, good God. um, I feel like you get attention either way. Mm. Right? But you just get more positive attention if you're on if you skew on the smaller side mm-hmm. like i definitely notice i get way more men at, uh, attention from men now than i did like i don't know eight months ago when mm-hmm. i was heavier right oh, okay. so i don't know wow. now nevin i consider you a smaller or average size person but have you ever thought about what privileges your body size has afforded you oh yeah absolutely yeah what do you think it's been uh so though I feel that way about my body, I think I'm going to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, and we, this goes back to the internal external um, kind of thing, but I've, uh, I've saw a lot of external validation and I know that my body is desired by some. Mm. Uh, and so I've definitely like got on Snapchat and done uh, uh, shirtless selfies to get, 
uh, validated. But I think, right, like me knowing that even when I felt like at my worst about my body, Mm -hmm. I think it has given me some access to certain spaces or locations that otherwise people would be like, kind of how I've seen some folks react to some of my fat friends, which has been like, ill. like, why are they there? Mm. Like, as if they shouldn't be present. So when I say access, I mean, like, in some physical spaces, clubs, but also in a way of, like, um, people just seeing me as human in a way and mm. treating me with dignity yeah. and engaging. So I think that's definitely been a part of it. I think about um, the very... Um, ways that I think I often take for granted and like the space I'm taking up um, in terms of like using public transit or uh, sitting in meetings Mm. um, and and things like that and and the comfort that comes from sitting in a chair that is definitely uncomfortable (laughs) and uh, as small as I am I'm a baddie with a thick uh, (laughs) a booty and it's be like uncomfortable but i know i have some peers who yeah. like right like it's super uncomfortable yeah. and that we're asked to be in there for like two hour meetings or whatever right and not get up and so if we do leave or whatever that's a lack of attention and all these other things that it's related to but i think uh i think i think i think i think about my uh privilege when it comes to body size often but there's definitely some uh things that I'm not aware of that are mm. also um, probably happening that I imagine to be, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about some of your identities up front with the, with the weight, but you might wonder how does this break down across race and gender mm-hmm. and what, you know, scientists have found are that relationships are present across genders actually. But um, like the relationship between like weight stigma and some of the health issues that we've seen. But black men and women report lower weight bias, um, like internally compared to white men and women, which was interesting to me. But um, black men and Hispanic women were more likely to cope with stigma by disordered eating. So it's interesting because they have, you know, they internalized the stigma by engaging in maladaptive behaviors around eating, which yeah. is interesting. Um, and unfortunately, my field, medicine, does not escape unscathed here. So pregnant not. women. Y'all are, be the worst. Pregnant women are more likely to report stigmatized interactions with their providers around weight. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I have a friend who a couple of years ago, she's a white woman, she's pregnant. And she looked, you know, from the eye, looked fine to me, but her doctor harped on her weight Mm. while she was pregnant with her baby. And she just like harped in on it, like, I'm okay, I need to walk, I need to do this. But like, honestly, I was shocked that her doctor really like honed in on that. So she had, she was feeling like she had like this interaction that was really unpleasant with her, with her provider about it. Can I just say, sometimes Mm -hmm. seeing a skinny, super per a skinny person that's trying to be like super fit and exercise all the time that's pregnant sometimes i that to me that is that is that is a, a head turner <laughs> like go ahead be pregnant baby like go ahead be fat eat, eat, eat the stuff but right like you're caring for a life inside of a you a whole other alien right? parasite so like, that's living I mean, in there honestly so, but have you seen the ones that be, and I'll be like, hey, it's going to be, I would be wanting to say to them, hey, 
I'm sure you got some demand when you're from society and yourself, and I hope it works out. But gosh, like eat a cheeseburger or eat the pickle, <laughs> eat, the, eat the ice cream. Oh my gosh, that's what's so funny about that is that is one of my goals in life. Mm-hmm. I want to be a fit pregnant person that people are looking at that are like, sit down, girl. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just running a marathon and I'm in my like third trimester. That I want oh that gosh. to be me one day. Real quick, just because like I'm doing it's so funny we're doing this episode when I like contacted a nutritionist mm-hmm. yesterday. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to do this new yeah. diet plan. Uh, but they had these add-ons that were about because I asked the person they're a personal trainer. I said, can you add a personal training package? They said, oh, we have a list of packages that are up there. And so I look at all these packages. One's like a CrossFit package. One's like a hiking package. One's like an Olympic weightlifter package. But guess what one of the packages is? Two of the packages are, actually. Something with dance? No? They have a pregnancy package and a postpartum package. Wow. Postpartum, I'm not shocked on. But pregnancy, interesting. To have a healthy pregnancy? No, so you can be fit and... (laughs) And the bone shrivel. Why are you pregnant? Hey, listen, you like it? I love it. Yeah, but it's I'm not, not here to judge. I'm just like, hey, like, when can we like? If we when is so it fat, okay to be fat? Like, yeah. When when is society going to be so less fat phobic that we let one pregnant people be pregnant, but fat people be fat? I mean, but it's not just pregnant people, but larger body people are discriminated against by doctors and medical professionals. One study cited that 18%, which is craziness, 18% felt disgusted when treating a patient with a higher BMI. Like they felt- Disgusted? Yes, disgusted. So almost 20% of doctors felt repulsed by like taking care of a patient with a higher BMI. And if it was 20, and you know, it's got to be higher than that because- Social desirability. Exactly, exactly. It's higher than that. Oh my gosh. I know. It's- difficult fatness can you know um be very much viewed from an external lens especially because it's been associated with very negative stereotypes like laziness unintelligence being undisciplined being unruly it reminds me of the very same stereotypes that have been associated with blackness yeah and when we see it we need to call it out we need to be less likely to tolerate it and we do that for blackness but i don't think we really do that when it comes to fatness when we see these characterizations like over and over again in the media we're less likely to be like that's a fat you know that's a fat stereotype or fat phobia there Mm -hmm. and we're less willing to like call it out yeah yeah And I found something, I found an article in NPR, which was really interesting to me, that they were talking about the intersection of fatness and racism, mm-hmm. right? And we, I know we talked a little bit about BMI, but specifically about like how in the Renaissance, white women, right, were fuller, curvier women, right? And then when slaves came over from the United uh, to the United States, um, and people needed to clearly identify who was a slave, who was not, other than skin color, especially as the white, you know, master started to mix, you know, with the with the black women. That white pe- white people, especially white women, wanted to separate themselves as being the superior race, mm-hmm. right? And being able to be disciplined and being less sensuous and less full-bodied. So really needing, and there was a lot of um, magazine articles that said to them, you really need to watch what you eat. You really need to prepare. So it became this like, 
um, distinction between what the white female body should look like and what was acceptable for a black female body. Mm. And because they were the superior race, eating eating less, controlling more about what they were eating, caring much about their body and being a, looking a certain kind of way, which is damaging, obviously, for both um, both racial and ethnic groups. But um, yeah. Damn, teach me something. Teach. <laughs> wow, that's wild. But I can totally see it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so it's interesting, right? Because, like I said, you there's a spectrum of being just right with respect to being a black woman, let's say, for example, um, and being too too far, right? Being obese, being overweight, that's not seen as beautiful but you gotta be you can't be a toothpick either right like you have to like constantly strike this like in in the middle spectrum but you know either way it's difficult because if you are a thick person and you go into a doctor's office you're still going to be considered overweight you're still going to be considered having a larger body and what's crazy about this is there's a lot of weight stigma that surrounds individuals all across the weight continuum like you just shared with us what I see is a very average, normal body habit. Yeah. But you feel like if you're not, are you gay fat or are you fat fat, yeah. right? And so even for people that seem to be normal BMI or normal body type, deal with weight stigma mm. all across the continuum. And social media is making bias against weight worse. Nia, there's still so much more to unpack. So much more, but I guess we're going to have to save part of it until Thanksgiving, the season of food. We're going to talk about fatness. Let's you ready? Do it. I'm ready. Okay, we're going to jump in. I'm going to ask you some questions. Oh, gosh. <laughs> let, me, let, let me take a sip. What are we drinking on? I wish we should sponsor commercials. Hopefully self-restraint. We just start. We should sponsor ourselves hey, as a commercial. Hey, listen, we would sponsor wine and all sorts of spirits. We're looking for a gig. Yeah. Anyway. So right now, let's sponsor ourselves as a commercial. Shout out to X and Y Jeans. We do social equity consulting yes. to get with forward-thinking companies that are trying to expand their cultural confidence. So come holler at us, xnyjeans.com. I love that. That was like right off the cuff. Yeah. But for real, hire us though. Because I'm trying to get stuff paid. <laughs> <laughs> I have debts. <laughs> oh my gosh.